Hey everybody, how you guys doing? Coach here. Man, I sure appreciate you taking a couple of minutes and joining me. Whether you're uh, in the bathtub, whether you're on your bike, whether you're on the bus, I'm just really happy that you decided to take a few minutes and learn a little something about landscape design today. You know, a little landscape designing education 101 today goes a long ways for you to do it yourself. This episode is going to focus on garnering the the visualization, I guess, uh, that it takes to design out your own landscape and having, as a result of doing it yourself, a deep working knowledge of what it will take for your project to come to fruition. And I'm going to tell you why all this comes together. So again, thanks for joining. Time to roll. Let's get going. Hey, I'm Matt. You can call me coach. Every Friday I bring with me landscape DIY education, concepts and theories, ideas and solutions so you guys can go out and tackle a landscape project yourself, get professional results, save a whole lot of money in the process, and in this day and age be a lot more self-reliant. Man, after a 20 plus year career in the green industry, I'm bringing with me a lot of knowledge and experience that I want to share with you guys the new, modern, educated, self-reliant homeowner of today. So I have been asked a time or two about, uh, do you need a, a two-year degree or a four-year degree to design your own landscape? Well, you know something? It helps, but it's certainly, certainly far from anything mandatory. It really is. I would say that uh, anything above a cocktail napkin and below a full-blown CAD computer program will do quite nicely. And the most important part about it, guys, is that you need to know in your head and in your mind's eye what you're putting down and how is it going to look before you even break ground on it. You will see it as you draw it up. You will see it how it's going to look when it's finished. It's a beautiful thing about the creative side of the human mind, is how you can visualize a completed project. So what can ease you into your inner landscape designer is a little self-education. And for just getting going here today, here are some starter points that I might give you and something that you might consider. Number one, I would say, and I've said this before, always design to a specific budget. You know, if uh, you and yours sat down and you just said, man, that front yard has got to go. We have got to get something new in there next spring. Let's look at our resources and see what we have and see what we can afford. And if you come up with a figure, whatever that might be, maybe it's $1,000, maybe it's $10,000, maybe it's $30,000, whatever it is, then when you design stuff and you've done all those steps, that I suggest in my book and my course, and even in the free 15 stepper on the website, you will know that you've designed it to the budget that you guys can afford. Number two would be know your climate zone where you live and know what the plant material is at the local nurseries that tolerate your local zone. Number three, familiarize yourself with plant material that you like based on your zone where you live. And number four, don't get pulled down the Pinterest Google Images rabbit hole too far. It's nice for inspiration and it's nice for ideas, but oftentimes you will see six-figure and high six-figure landscape design finishes in some of there and you go, oh my God, I have to have that. 
and then you start doing some research and figuring out how much this stuff costs, and it's really a deflation of your your landscape balloon. It really is. So get some ideas from there, but don't don't pick something out unless hey your checkbook goes that deep. And finally, number five, educate yourself on the necessary tools that you're going to need for that job, both ones that you have on hand and ones that you might have to buy or rent. And, and number six, when you do put it to paper, design a mature landscape on paper, not a brand new landscape on paper. It will be brand new, but we're drawing it so that it makes sense on maturity, which is the whole theme of this week's podcast is designed for that 10th year when everything is fully grown and things are mature and you've designed it so that not everything's going to be crowding against each other. These concepts that I've just mentioned, coupled with others, will allow you to sit down with simple designing tools and draw up a workable landscape design based on you and your family's needs. Needs, not always wants, unless your needs and wants are one and the same. You may want a 500 square foot patio, but you need some place for the kids to play. See what I'm saying? So let's ask a question here. On a scale of one to 10, where is your landscape design prowess? Let me know. Let me know through an email or just say it to yourself. I don't care, it doesn't matter. When I was taught landscape design, one of the biggest takeaways from those classes that I had was spacing. Spacing and how it applies to paper and the visualization of what the finished project will look like. And spacing of individual plants and trees and elements and trees from trees and plants from plants and plants from trees so that they work later on down the road. So many times as a designer and as a contractor, I have seen uh, competitors, for lack of a better term, they would, uh, they would plant certain landscapes and they did it, they did it for the wow factor. They did it for customer visualization and impact. They showed the customer that they got their dollars worth Look at this, you spent $12,000 on this front yard and look at it. Look how full it is, look how colorful it is. And they used to really impress and they were very busy landscapers. But the thing was, is as early as two years later or even sooner on some things, those landscapes would be so overcrowded and the trees that they planted, all this sunny material underneath were growing up and suddenly shade casting everything underneath it. And all of a sudden, that $12,000 worth of landscape, they were pulling stuff out of the yard. And it was funny because it was kind of like a two-edged sword because many of the contractors where I practiced were also, they also had a, a maintenance division. So ABC Landscape would put the landscape in and then ABC Landscape would come back maintain the landscape and occasionally start pulling plants out <laughs> just a it was a kind of a vicious funny circle but at the expense of customers you know you spent twelve thousand dollars oh you got your money's worth but then they start pulling stuff they start pulling those dollars out of your yard because they were either dead from shade dead because they've already gone through their life cycle or dead because they were too crowded 
So remember, as you design, design for that mature spacing. And if you put trees in the yard, perfect. But maybe come up with a temporary plan of what's going underneath it. Or re reposition your trees in a place that aren't going to affect those plant material 10 years down the road. Some of these competitors that I had, they, they became friends, you know, associates, business acquaintances, whatever you want to call them. And they used to kind of chid me quite a bit because my landscapes were a little sparser. But I had to educate my clients as to how come their landscape that they spent maybe $10,000, not twelve, and it looks kind of sparse. And yet they never complained two and three years down the road when the the mature landscape came into vogue and they noticed, ah, this is what coach was talking about. I see now. You know, that principle will allow you to place plant material in such a manner that when mature, it is full, but not overplanted. It is robust, but it's not crowded. And it looks the way it did on the design. If they took their design out three years later and they looked at it and then they looked at their yard and they went, well, son of a gun. You know, in the maturation phase of a new landscape, you will use little things, smaller perennials, maybe some annuals and other garden elements, even up to garden art, that kind of stuff, to fill in those gaps and that space between your bread and butter plants of the new landscape until they mature. And then, you know, then the perennials will have run their course and maybe your garden element in the front yard, you could use in the backyard, whatever. Now for another little uh, tidbit of designing that scale, and if you're interested in this, I'm going over it with a engineer rule and stuff on the YouTube channel this week. Uh, scale is sometimes hard for people to get their head around, but once they get it, they go, ah, okay, now I see what you're talking about. And it's how you can take a, uh, maybe a 75 foot wide by 50 foot deep backyard and put it on an eight and a half by 11 piece of binder paper or copy paper or whatever. That scale, all important understanding of that really will get you a long ways. So what do you need to get? Ah, you know, you could get, uh, I've seen great designs and great layout on a simple piece of binder paper that didn't have anything on it except a little bit of scale to it and then clumps of squiggles and dots to indicate where mass plantings were gonna be, et cetera. But you can go to the store and get yourself an engineer ruler. Maybe order up uh, an inexpensive landscape template. The one that I used for many years before computers came into vogue was a, a barrel, B-E-R-O-L, barrel uh, template. And have at it. I, I never went so small as to have a, a piece of binder paper size to do it on. I just went to the store and got a couple sheets of 24 inch by 36 inch paper. And that way I could make it like a quarter inch scale, maybe three eighths. And in some cases on bigger yards, I went down to an eighth inch scale and it fit really nicely. So most, and I say most residential yard dimensions, unless you happen to have a really large suburban yard or even urban yard, eh, that 24 by 36 is gonna work for you. Now let's talk about the plant knowledge. Gotta have a little bit of plant knowledge if you know what you're gonna have to put down on paper. This will come from your own dedication and learning. And when I say that, you know, gathering inspiration from other sources and maybe some neighborhood inspiration from other yards, it's all where it comes from. Can it work without plant knowledge? Yep. 
And how do you ask? Well, here it is. Draw up the correct plant placement, right size, right spacing, and then take that two scale, incomplete, unlabeled design to a reputable plant nursery that might have a uh, educated designer, you know, maybe the owner or the manager on staff and ask them for a walkthrough of various plant options that meet the various icons that you have on your design, that meet the size and the sun and shade requirements and the spacing criteria. If you have a whole bunch of plant A's and they, you've scaled them to be three foot by three foot, then you can ask the nursery, hey, show me some plant material that's gonna go in full sun, that's gonna work in my front yard, that's gonna mature right around three by three. That's what I have here on this design. And as you have more dialogue with these professionals, they'll get it, they understand it. But for gosh sakes, take a few photos with you on your phone or print it out or whatever. And after the dialogue, reward these professionals. Reward them with the purchase of the plants at that nursery. And if they don't have them on stock, they can get them. That's their business. But don't walk out the door after garnering all that valuable info just to go somewhere else and save yourself 50 bucks at a box store or a Walmart or something else. That's just, that would be just plain rude, even though I am sure there are folks out there that would do just that in order to save that 50 bucks. I have seen it. You know, gaining education at the expense of professionals' vast knowledge and not compensating them is a huge miscarriage of doing business. And good karma, good karma will always come back to you if you do it the right way. And bad karma will come back if you do it the wrong way. Now, back to the rabbit hole for a second. When I say don't get pulled down that Pinterest, Google Images rabbit hole, here's what I mean. I have seen many clients do this and they have taken these examples without the knowledge of what things cost and designed it into their uh, DIY landscape design. Then they learn that their $20,000 budget will get them A, that their dream images and everything they've put on their paper suddenly is going to cost them around 90K and it, it's almost like cue the thousand yard stare and then the fainting because that's generally what happens when you have somebody who really has the desire to design it up correctly really has the desire to do it but they have no knowledge of what a real budget is going to cost but if you do design it up for ninety thousand dollars if you're doing it yourself you could probably get it in for 40. it may take you a while but hey that's well over a 50% savings. That's not too bad. So wrapping up this design for the 10th year lesson, know your current level of expertise and really, really, ladies and gentlemen, know what additional education you might need. Maybe you need a, a two or three, four or five Saturdays or something at a master gardener class. Maybe you need to read coaches you know, Landscaping Simplified book. Know your current project's environmental zone and what are some of the, the hurdles you're gonna have to get past. Is your soils really gonna be hard and how are those soils gonna impact your type of design that you wanna put in? You know, gain a basic, basic 
level of what design tools you might need. Truly, you're not going to need anything fancy. If you do not have any ornamental horticulture education, you can design up that incomplete drawing and enlist the aid of pros at your local competent nursery. Not just Joe Schmo that has some spring goods that come in. I'm talking about someone who has been educated. Take good design notes from various social media platforms. Hey, information is information. And then kind of meld that into what your budget can handle and what you can put down on paper and be able to bring to fruition to bring the project all the way across the finish line. Most important, be patient with yourself and realistic with your budget. That $100,000 design that you've put together and you only got 20 in your pocket, you're just not doing yourself any justice. Lastly, before anything, determine what your landscape needs are. You want to do this, but you want to do it why. And if you have that why answered, then you probably have a lot of the needs that you want to get from this landscape. I mean, if you just want to have an irrigation system and wall-to-wall -wall lawn, okay, that's your needs, you know, but don't make it something, well, I need a lot of lawn for the dog to go potty on. No, you need a lot of lawn so that you have a place for the kids to run around on, a safe place for them to play in the backyard. It's not for Fido to go out there and poop, okay? So, Maybe you need a little more of this and less of that. Add this, remove that, and all this to accomplish what your true end game is going to be. If you're not picked up on it yet, this all falls under the purview of planning. Planning, planning, and planning. We will plan our work, then work our plan. The more you know, the easier it will go. I have seen it a hundred times. And the half a dozen yard crashes that I've done in my career, I just didn't show up on a Saturday with a bunch of plants and a bunch of people and go at it. There was a, a couple, three weeks or even as much as three months before I was able to get to it. But I know damn well I had those clients of mine tuned in. I was tuned in. The materials were tuned in. And the day of it, the crew was tuned in. And everybody knew what their job was going to be and how they were going to go about it. And it turned out to be not only productive and successful, but also fun in many cases. Hey, if you reach out to me for advice on landscape design or landscaping period, many of these hurdles I have covered here is what I would ask you through email or phone to help you get past them and down the road to landscape success. So plan and design for the 10th year of your landscape, even if you don't plan on being there. Not for the first year and any version of the wow factor that I've already mentioned earlier in the show. That is overplanted and will guarantee you losing plants and dollars down the road to extraction. You're going to have to take them out. They're dying. They're overcrowded. If you can design out for $2,000 worth of plants, don't go getting $3,000 worth of plants. Remember the fillers, the fillers that are going to carry you from the brand new bread and butter plants and trees that you're putting in, carry you through that maturation year or two until things come into their own. And then those fillers, you can divide and put other places. You can use in other ways. You can give them to family and friends and neighbors and free plants. Keep in mind as you design, keep in mind the need for maybe harvest. Do you want something that's going to be usable 
in the future. How about water conservation? The west part of the U.S., listen up. And what level of maintenance are you geared for? Are you a once a week mower guy? A two times a month weed picker? Maybe a four times a year thinning and pruning type of guy or gal. Take into consideration what phase of life you are in now when you're designing this and how it might change 10 years or beyond. Maybe you've got kids that are, you know, eight and 10 years old and they need a place to play and they got doggo out there and everything's fun in the backyard. But 10 years down the road, you're gonna be in a whole nother phase of life. You're gonna have college kids that might be out the door and doggo, maybe it's the same doggo, maybe it's not. So how is the landscape gonna fill your bill then? That generally comes from discussion and realistic examination of who you are now and who you might be. Hey, take a minute and consider subscribing and supporting all the free landscape education you get here and by joining the Yard Coach crew on this channel and the YouTube channel. Check out my website, please, and consider joining for as little as $2.99 a month. Thanks for any consideration that you can give me. Goes a long ways in the production of these shows every single week. Hey, I'll see you next week. And as always, to your landscape success, I'm here for you if you need me. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to the Yard Coach Podcast. Don't forget to head over to the website at youryardcoach.com where you will find more DIY landscape education, including the free 15-step DIY landscape checklist, Coach Matt's ebook called Landscaping Simplified, and the flagship digital course, Homescape 1.0. As always, if you have any questions or comments, you can email Coach Matt directly at youryardcoach at gmail.com. We'll see you right here next week.